people into membership at Cross Church. And uh, we talked last week about the importance of membership. And today I want to just talk a little bit further about the importance of the church and why you need to find your place in the body of Christ to discover what it is that, that God has particularly or specifically called you to do that nobody else can do. Now, I'm going to say this. The average person really doesn't, um, really doesn't understand what church is all about or they have a very limited understanding of the importance of church. And I'm going to tell you that the current trend these days is to badmouth the, the church, to put it down, uh, to speak ill of it. And we, we especially see it, unfortunately, amongst the, the, the up-and-coming generation and amongst the what we call the postmodernists. They have a tendency to want to beat up the church and treat it as though it were something uh, detrimental to society and to the individual. And I think I know where it comes from. I think that there have been abuses over the years. Uh, churches have made mistakes. Uh, pastors, preachers, leaders have, have made errors. But i got to tell you that in spite of the errors, in spite of the mistakes, church is still God's idea. It was, it was what Jesus Christ himself instituted. And we'll talk more about that in just a few moments. But you need to understand today that the church is so very important, and you need to find your place in the church. You need to say, here am I, you can count on me. Now, right after the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit came, you know the story, uh, Peter with the other disciples and uh, over 100 believers were meeting together, waiting for the promised Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit fell... You know the story, Acts chapter 2, people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter stood up and preached a sermon from Joel chapter 2. After preaching that sermon, amazingly, over 3,000 people were saved. Now, what do you do with 3,000 people? Could you imagine if all of a sudden we had 3,000 people added to our number, what would we do with them? Well, the Bible says that God put them in a church. That's what you do with 3,000 new believers. You establish a church. Because it's in the context of the church that God's will is done in your life and mine. And so the notion that you can somehow be a Christian but not go to church is, is absolutely 100% erroneous. The idea that you don't need the church is to ignore much of the teaching of the New Testament. To say, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church, is to say, it would be like me saying to you, I I, I love you, but I can't stand your body. Or because the church has been uh, referred to as the bride of Jesus Christ, it would be like saying, Hank, I like you, but I can't stand Anne. It's it's revolting. It's repugnant. It's insulting. And I'm going to tell you something. It's insulting to God when you say, I love Jesus, but I don't love his church. And so you, need to, you and I need to understand the importance of the local church in finding our place in that church. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul quotes a scripture, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 18. He says, I will be a father to you. This is God speaking to his people. I will be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And so what you need to understand then is that the church is the eternal family of God through which the love of God... And the love of others is practiced and perfected. Did you know that? 
When you come to church here, it's not just to hear some, some excellent worship, which was excellent this morning. Thank you, Ben. It's not just to put your kids in Sunday school. It's not just to, because it's the, it's the right thing to do on Sunday. But this is a place, call it a laboratory, if you will. This is the place where you are learning how to love God and how to love one another. Remember, the great commandments, and you've heard, me, you've heard me say this many, many times, but the great commandments, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love others as you love yourself. This is what life is all about. And the church is the place where you learn how to do that. All right. I'm going to share a passage of Scripture with you from Ephesians. Um, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, 19 to 20. And again, just a reminder to you that the church is the place to learn how to love and be loved. Uh, before I read this verse, let me just say this. There are a lot of people who go to church their whole life through, and they never learn how to love, and they never learn how to be loved. You see, you, you and I are called by God to change the way that we are, to submit to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, so that we would not only be loving, but we would be also lovable. Now, that's a, that's, that's a difficult thing to do, because it means that we need to change. And can I just remind everybody of this? Most of us are very unaware of what is unlovable in us. Would you agree with that? Many of us are unaware of what in us is difficult for other people to like. The church is the place where you learn how to do that. I'll talk about more of that in just a minute. But let's, let's take a look at what this says in Ephesians. And so here's what Paul says to the church in the city of Ephesus. You are no longer strangers and foreigners... You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Okay, so the very first thing that you and I begin to understand is that the church is a place where you will be loved. We're no longer strangers. We're no longer foreigners. We're no longer aliens. But we're now citizens. We're members of the house of God. You and I find a place to belong. You and I find a place where uh, we find connection, where we find love. Now, I don't know how many here have experienced this in their own personal lives, but how many have maybe have experienced moments or times when your family has let you down? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and it's been so frustrating. Uh, I mean, your, your next door neighbor, if, if, if they're not nice to you, they're not loving towards you, well, you can just ignore them. But when it's your blood family, you've got no choice. You've got to see them all the time. And it seems that the time when we have to face our families the most is Christmas time. And that's the time when I get phone calls, pastor, help, we've got problems in our family, and it goes on and on. Dr. Phil says Christmas is not the time to fix your family problems. But here's what you and I need to understand, is that even when your family lets you down, the family of God is here to love you no matter what. This is what the church is all about. It's a family. In fact, um, in Psalm 68, verse 6, it says, God sets the lonely in families. He leads forth the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So you quickly understand that this is the place where you find belonging. This is the place 
where even when your blood family lets you down, the family of God will not let you down. Now, I've got to tell you this. The basic human need of every, every human being is to belong, to be loved and to belong. Dr. Janet Epson, a psychologist, wrote a, an interesting article in the British Medical Journal. And she, her, her, basic, her basic thesis is this. If you have good social relationships, you will tend to be healthier than everybody else. So the very basis of your good health, of your good mental health, your good emotional health, is that you have a sense of belonging. Now, it's interesting that psychologists are just discovering this in the last uh, maybe 50 or 60 years, but this is an ancient, ancient teaching that we find in Scripture. God knows what we need even when we don't know what we need. And what God knows that you need is you need to belong. And so this is why we have created, for instance, uh, opportunities for you to connect in the context of a small group. We give you an opportunity to get involved, to serve in the church. We give you an opportunity to go on a missions trip so you can connect with other people. We have a, we put a, set up a cafe in our uh, lobby, our atrium. We try to facilitate connection, an opportunity for you to connect and to talk and to share together. I want to say that it really blesses my heart whenever I see our people sitting together over a cup of coffee on a Sunday morning. Uh, I would prefer that people would get into the service on time, but aside from that, it's wonderful to see you connecting. This is what church is all about. I remember some people were, were a little bit offended at that. This is not right. We shouldn't have a cafe in a church. Why are we drinking coffee in church? This isn't the way it's supposed to be. And my response to that is, obviously, you haven't read Acts chapter 2, where they were constantly getting together to eat and fellowship together. This is what the church did. They connected. Why? Because we're a family. It's what families do. We fellowship together. We pray together. We sing together. We hear the word of God together. And we eat together. When this church, when I first came to this church... The O'Neills, the Turners, Davidsons, a few others will remember that we were constantly having uh, potluck suppers. Remember that? They, they were fantastic. And then it got just a little bit too big and too hard to, to, to deal with. But I'm telling you, we did that and we developed deep relationships. It was fantastic. Now we do it slightly different, but we're still trying to do the same thing. We're still trying to facilitate a connection so that everybody who comes through these doors will sense and know that they're loved. This is why, for instance, we take a few moments every Sunday to, to shake hands with each other. Because we, because we understand that, that what is so important for your spiritual health, your emotional health, is that you connect with another human being. I remember uh, Alison Lowe, when she first came to our church, she, she didn't like it for one reason. She said, Pastor, I liked everything about the church. The only thing I didn't like is when you made us all shake hands. She said, it freaked me out. Uh, I said, and, and how do you feel about it now? She says, well, that lasted for about a month or two. And she says, now uh, I'm the last one to sit down after greeting time. <laughs> She's going around shaking hands and hugging everybody she can. Wh- why? Because it, it met a need. It can, there's there's a, a built-in part of you. Because you're created in the image of God. And God is a God of relationship. There's a part of you that needs to connect. Even if you don't think you need to connect. I know some people suffer with what we call a, a social, the social disorder of uh, um, not being able to connect and being afraid to connect and being afraid of people. 
And I'm going to tell you, though, what God wants to do is he wants to heal that in your life so that your basic human desire and longing can be fulfilled. Has anybody ever remember the TV series, uh, 1982 to 1993, called Cheers? Anybody remember that? And it had that, uh, that great song, uh, and I, I'm sure that if, if, you know, if it took a few moments, we could leave everybody in singing that song, and you probably remember the words by heart, but, uh, but don't. Um, here's how they go, and I'm not going to sing it either. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. When, it, when you like to get away, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And there's al- they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. You want to go where people know people are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is this this really struck a chord with people because uh, they've been created in the image of God. They don't even realize that because they've been created in the image of God, they want to connect. They want to be with other people. Do you know that that um, this series was so popular with people and in so many was so many ways struck a chord with people that it won 170 117 Emmy nominations. The third highest Emmy nominations uh, for any TV program. I'm telling you that just so that you understand that it, it, it rung a bell. It struck a chord in the hearts of people who were just longing for a connection. It went on to, one, to win um, six uh, Golden Globe Awards. It won 31 nominations and won six. It, uh, it won 26 Emmy Awards and it was presented with the Legend Award in 2006. All because it celebrated this idea of humans connecting with humans. People finding a place where people shared the same problems that they share. Do you know what? I know something for so many years, people that went to church, they really tried to maintain a really good image. They didn't want anybody to know their problems. They didn't want to share their struggles. They didn't want to share uh, their hurts, their pains, their, su- their suffering, their failures. And so for many people, you, you'd, get, you know, you'd get 50, 100, 200, 1,000 people come together every Sunday, and yet nobody really knew each other because nobody wanted to let people into their personal, their private lives. We're where all the suffering, where all the problems and where all the hurt was. And in some ways, that still happens today. My prayer is that this church would never be like that. That this is a place where everybody would know that we love you, we accept you unconditionally, we do not judge you. But that this is a place where we embrace you in your journey, drawing closer to Jesus Christ. That's why I love this church. This is the church. It's fantastic. Every time there's a need, I'll tell you, it quickly goes on to the prayer chain and we pray. I, I don't ever hear of any gossip going on here. I never hear of people putting other people down or talking about each other behind their back. There might be one or two. I used to always, I used to, you know, how many know that the pastor always finds out about everything? It's like mom or dad. They always know what's going on. Uh, the good ones, that is, always know what's going on. But I got to tell you, I don't hear that. But what I do see, what I do hear, are people interacting and loving each other and embracing one another. 
Because this is what it means to belong to a family, a loving family, that is. Now, it's interesting. A lot of people come from dysfunctional families where they're rejected, where they're, and they bring that, they bring that baggage to church and they think the same thing's going to happen to them here. Can I tell you something? That's not what happens here. And I'm going to, I will jump all over anybody who, who tries to put other people down or gossip about other people or discuss other people behind their back in a negative way. This is a place where you're loved, where you're loved. It's a safe place. Did you know that the church used to be called the sanctuary? This used to be called the sanctuary. You know what a sanctuary is? It's a safe place. Across church, this is a safe place, a place where you'll be embraced and loved. And if you mess up, if you make mistakes, if things don't go right in your family or if things don't go right in your marriage, things don't go right with you and your job, nobody's going to be judging you. You're going to be loved. You're going to be embraced. People are going to pray for you. And they're going to help you and come alongside you and do whatever they can to help you get through whatever it is that you're going through. What an awesome church. This is what this church is made up of. Anybody who's ever been to a membership class will remember that I, I say this every single class. I say, I'm a pretty nice guy. Everybody knows I'm a nice person. Uh, very few people have ever seen me really, really angry. But if you, wanna, if you really want to get me angry and you really want to uh, get me uh, into kill mode, begin to threaten the unity of the church and watch me go into action. It's my job as a shepherd is to protect the sheep and protect the flock. And you and I do this together. We protect our church. We protect the fellowship of this church. We protect the unity and the love of this church. And that's why I think we have an amazing church. Now I'm going to say um, we are a family. Rudyard Kipling is a fantastic uh, quote. He says, all of us all of us are we, and everyone else is they. <laughs> Isn't that good? When you are here, you belong. You're not they, you're we. And together, God uses us to do the work he wants us to do, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But this is what he says. A family shares things like dreams and hopes and possessions and memories, smiles, frowns, and gladness. A family is a clan held together with the glue of love and the cement of mutual respect. Isn't that great? A family is a shelter from the storm, a friendly port when the waves of life become too wild. No person is ever alone who is a member of a family. This, my friends, is not Alan Duncalf's idea. This is God's idea. It's God who instituted the church through Jesus Christ. And we invite you to be a member of this church. We're saying, join the family. Let us know who we can depend on. And not only do we look to you as people we can depend on, but we are people that you can depend on as well. That's the power of the church. It's God's idea. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. We're a group of hypocrites. So often, isn't it true? So often, we just don't measure up to the to the standard that we proclaim or that we profess. But I'm going to tell you this. We're a people who are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And God is not finished with us yet, and he's doing his work. And this is why you need to fall in love with this, with this family called Cross Church. This is why you need to fall in love with the body of Christ. And here's the thing. Jesus loved it so much he died for it. 
How much more should you and I be prepared to give ourselves completely and fully to this body we call Cross Church? Now, you know, an important part of the ancient church service, ancient church services, they'd get together and they would have a part of the service called Passing the Peace. Does anybody, anybody remember that? Passing the Peace? And it was a time in the service when people just said hello to each other. Romans 16, 16, Paul says this, Greet one another with a holy kiss. Look at that person beside you. No, you don't have to kiss them, don't worry. But it says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. And all the churches of Christ send their greeting. This is what the church did. So, um, you know what? Let's just do something right this, this morning. Let's, let's pass the peace. Would you ever stand up? Don't, don't move too far away, but just stand up for a moment, would you? And uh, would you pass the peace? Just greet somebody this morning. Give them a hug, give them a handshake. Say, I'm happy to see you. Say, I love you. Good to see you. If you're standing by your wife or your husband, give them a kiss. <laughs> Go ahead. Maybe you came to church mad at each other. There's a chance to get it all sorted out. All right, that's enough. <laughs> now, didn't that feel good? It feels really good, doesn't it? For some of you, it's the first time you've had, a, uh, you've had any human contact for the last week. I don't even want to know about it. <laughs> now... Having said this, it's a place to belong. Here's the other thing you need to know about the church. It's a place to belong, but it's also a place to grow. Look what it says in verse 20. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Now, the operative word is built. Now, if you look at the word built in in English, it sounds like something that's completed. But if you go to the original language, to Greek... It, the word is epikodom ethentis, which means being built on. So the, the idea is that it's an ongoing process. This is the mistake that so many people make when they come to church. They think, I, I became a Christian, I've attended the classes, I give faithfully, and so, you know, that's it. Now, now pastor, just uh, amuse me, entertain me, and, uh, and let, let's just have a good show. And they forget that they are supposed to be under construction. They're supposed to be in the process of learning and growing. And what are you learning and what are you growing? Well, you're learning, according to the scripture here, you're learning what the apostles and the prophets taught. The prophets and the apostles, Old Testament, New Testament. You're being built up, you're being taught the truth. And it's an ongoing and repeated process. So, tell the person beside you, you are still under construction. Go ahead. It's just a few words, people. <laughs> this goes on and on. <laughs> this is hilarious. You're under construction. Everybody's laughing. So, here, listen, listen. So, here's what, here's what you need to know. Church is a place to belong. But church is is in the people-building business. This is what we're in. We're in the people-building business. This is a place where your rough edges are being knocked off. 
And this is why it's so important to engage. This is why it's so important to become part of a small group. This is why it's so important to step outside of your comfort zone and do what you wouldn't normally do. Why? Because it's a place where your rough edges are knocked off. Now, here's a sad thing. There are many people who go to church for many, many years, and they haven't changed in 10, 20, 15, 30 years. They're still the same. They're still abrasive. They're still difficult to get along with. They're still socially awkward. They still are uh, difficult to love. Now, the good news about belonging to a church is that we're going to keep on loving you no matter what. But my question to you now is, is not about so much all of us. Is what about you? What's God doing in you? For those who have signed up to become members of the church, there's, there's certain commitments that you make. And the reason we ask you to make these commitments is because we become whatever we're committed to. And so you, we, we at Cross Church understand the importance of transformation and of change. And God wants to change you. That's why we invite you into membership, so that we can engage you in that process of transformation. But so many people, they sit on the sidelines they say, I don't, listen, I don't need to listen to Pastor Allen's sermon. I don't listen to, need to listen to any sermons. I've been a, church, a Christian for so many years. I know it all. I could stand up and preach the sermon. The problem is, is that person has not changed. They're still the same. They still have those rough edges. Oh, how often we are hypocrites. We, we, we talk the walk, but we don't walk the talk. Right? And so my question to you today is this, is what is God doing in your life and what are you allowing God to do in your life? Have you changed? Have you grown? You see, I can't change you, but the Holy Spirit can if you yield to him. And the Holy Spirit will use the people around you here to tell you what areas need to change. Now, there's, there's been people we've had in our church over the years, particularly difficult people. And we've loved them, we embraced them, we never ever kicked them out of the church, we never said, you know what, we love everybody, but you are the exception. <laughs> you, you are just not lovable. <laughs> we've never done that. We've always embraced people, we've always loved them, and we've always hoped that somehow, some way, they would respond to the work of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, there are those who have who been with us and didn't like the way we're doing things, who didn't want to submit to the way the church functioned, who didn't want to take into consideration the feelings of others, and they have pulled up roots and they've left. And here's what I can tell you about every single one of those people who've done that, is that they, they, wherever they go, there they are. Wherever they go, they go with themselves. And does everybody here know today that your biggest problem, your biggest struggle, your biggest enemy is yourself? If you're having a hard time relating to people or, or connecting with people, then there might, might just be something about you that you need to change. I had somebody once come to me and say, you know what, I'm having a hard time relating to people and I'm, things aren't, I'm, I can't connect and things aren't working. I'm like, Pastor, can you tell me honestly Whenever I hear anybody say, Pastor, will you tell me honestly, I want to run for the hills. Can you tell me honestly what it is about me that makes it difficult for people to be my friend? And I just say, like, I don't want to answer that question. Please, I beg you, don't make me answer that question. 
Because I know that when I tell them the truth, then I'm going to fight, they're going to, they're going to disagree, they're going to be angry, they're going to cry, they're going to weep, they're going to protest. Now here's the thing. If you understand that you are under construction and that God wants to change you and wants to build you into the person that he wants you to become, then you're going to say, bring it on. Tell me what I need to know. And here's what I'll tell you. Everybody who's successful, everybody who advances, everybody who becomes the person God wants them to become, everyone who's successful in business, they learn how to take criticism and they learn to grow and to change by it. But the fact is, is most of us don't want to learn. We want everybody else to change and to adapt to us. I'm going to tell you, that's simply not a New Testament idea. It's not how it works. That's how our culture functions. We are not going to change. We want all of society to adapt to me. And this is what we're seeing. This is the, the big human rights fights that we're seeing all over the place. Is that we want the whole world to adapt to me. And I might represent 1% or 2% of the population, but the whole population has got to change and adapt to me. Well, you, you quickly understand just how illogical this is. Jesus Christ invites you into his church whereby you are transformed, where you change. And how do you know if you're changing? How do you know if you're on the right track? Well, very simply, is that you want to be around the family of God. You say, well, I've got my own, you know, my own flesh and blood family. Do I still need to connect with the family of God? Absolutely. Because here's what I've discovered about the flesh and blood family. Is that they probably have the same defects that you have. They probably have the same weird ways that you have. And you have no way of understanding or knowing what you're really like. I'm sorry to say that. But it's the truth. And if you were honest, you'd have to agree, yeah, that is the truth. So you're comfortable with your own strange little family ways, your own dysfunctional little ways, and you say, you know what, I can't really relate to or connect with other people, so I'm going to stick to my own personal flesh and blood family. And what's happened now is that you have deprived yourself of what God wants to do in your life. This is why, this is why the writer of the book of Hebrews says this in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 to 25. And you've heard me recite this many, many times. It's one of the key scriptures in the Bible. You should underline it, circle it, put a star beside it, memorize it. And it says this, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Get the idea of a cowboy on a horse digging his spurs in. Ouch. And it spurs you on in the direction you need to go. This is what the church is all about. It's a place where you're going to be spurred on in the right direction. To change, to become the person God wants you to be. Let us not giving up meeting together. You hear that? Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And he goes on to say, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Here's what the church is all about. It's a place where you are transformed and changed. Where your obnoxious rough edges are knocked off. I've got to tell you that this is a place of tremendous growth. And you know, as a pastor, serving the body of Christ, God has knocked a lot of rough edges off of me. 
He's God has changed me. And uh, my wife will tell you that he's not finished. God's not finished with me yet. <laughs> and guess what? God's not finished with you either. God wants to do a work in your life. This is why we encourage you to get into a small group. This is why we encourage you to get into a place where you are serving on a Sunday morning, for instance. Get involved in kids club. Get involved connecting with other people. Stop living for yourself only. Remember what the great commandments are. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, how does God change us? How does God knock those rough edges off of us? Well, he does it through his people and through the preaching of the word, through the teaching of the apostles and the prophets. Everything from Genesis to Revelation, friends, is, is instruction on how to get this life right, how to do it right. And you'll discover from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about how to love God and love each other. It's the vertical and the horizontal. Jesse and I were talking about someone the other day. He said, Dad, that person's got the vertical right. And I said, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I preach all the time. The vertical and the horizontal is a, is a problem. Listen to me. You could say, I'm very spiritual. I pray and read my Bible every day. But if the horizontal is not right, if your relationship with one another is not right, then there's something very suspect about your spirituality. You see, it's impossible... It's impossible to really love God without loving others. Did you know that? And there's people in our lives that God puts in our lives. They're people that I call grace growers. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They're constantly finding fault. They're constantly, they constantly are like a stone in your shoe. You know, you're constantly aware of them. They're just that kind of nagging thing in the background. And can I tell you this? God wants to use them to change you. God allows them into your life for a reason, and it's so that you'll become a better person. This is why you need to be in church, so that God's people can challenge you to change, and so that I, as your pastor, can challenge you to change. A man wrote a letter to the, to the religion editor in his newspaper, and he says, I've gone... To church for 30 years now. I've listened to some 3,200 sermons, and I can't remember a single one of them. So I'm wasting my time, and the pastors are wasting theirs by giving sermons at all. Well, this started a, a huge response from the readers of the, of the newspaper, and, and they wrote in letters to the editor, much to the delight of the editor. As long as letters are coming in, that means people are reading the paper. And uh, this went on for weeks until someone wrote in and said this. I've been married for 30 years now, and in that time, my wife has cooked uh, thousands and thousands of meals. But for the life of me, I cannot recall what the menu was for a single one of them. But I do know this. They all nourished me, and they gave me the strength I needed to do my work. And if my wife had not been giving me those meals, I would be dead today. That put an end to all the letters that were coming in. So here's what you need to know. You come Sunday after Sunday. I tell you things that you probably already know or you know about. I remind you of things that you've heard in the past. 
But what's happening when you come to church on Sunday, when you, when you, when you connect and click and, and find your place in the body, is that God nourishes you in ways that you, you can't even imagine. God does his work in you, nourishing you, making you the person that God wants you to be. Remember, the church is in the people-building business. That's what it's, all, what it's all about. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house. And it, really, it should be continuing to be built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. That would be the right way to translate that. So I don't care how many years you've been a Christian. The fact of the matter is, is that there's still lots of room for you to grow. And those who have been a Christian for a lot of years, how many of you would say amen to that? Yeah, so three of us. So. <laughs> Now, I just want to say this in closing, because it's very easy for a church to become very self-centered. It's all about me and my relationship to God, and it's all about us, and that's it. So it's the vertical, it's the horizontal. But there's one more thing that you need to remember. And it's what we would call the outward manifestations of the church. Remember why Jesus came to this earth? Jesus came for one reason, and it was to seek and to save what was lost. That's why he came. And so if you and I are going to truly get on board with what God wants, we are going to have a great relationship with him. We're going to have the horizontal or the vertical will be great. And the horizontal will be great. But we're not truly complete until we have the heart of Jesus who loved this world so much that he laid down his life for this world. Friends, when you come to this church, you're constantly being challenged to give and to share. We're constantly challenging you to participate in in the business of God, which is the furthering of his kingdom. This morning, I got in, uh, last night, I got an email from Dennis Weeb in Burundi asking us to continue to pray for him, telling us something of the budget necessary to run that village. Much of uh, Much of the... Of the budget for that village in Burundi, Dennis personally raises through his business. He works hard and he gives a good chunk of that money. Not thinking of himself, but thinking of these kids in Burundi. And he said, Pastor, I want you to know how, how much I appreciate the way that Cross Church has joined with me and partnered with me in helping to minister to the needs of these people in Burundi. Folks, I'm going to tell you, this is a great honor and a privilege to be part of a team that's just not inward looking, but actually looks out to those who are in need. And it's not just Burundi. Tuesday nights we have Kids Club, and Marilyn and her team face obstacles almost weekly. If it's not, if it's not the bus, it's, it's something else. We're bringing in kids that don't know Jesus, ministering to families that don't know Christ. And we need you to partner with us in doing this this work. We're going to Costa Rica. Already those who are signed up to go, their lives have been changed and transformed in ways that you can't imagine. It's what we're about. It's what this church is about. 
And when you sign up to be a member of this church, when you sign up to say, this is my church, this is my family, oh, it's got its problems, we haven't got all the, all the wrinkles ironed out yet, we, we still got warts and we still got our, our blemishes, we still have our problems, we still have our weaknesses, we still, still fail. But if you could see past that, you're going to see a pretty amazing body, a pretty amazing church that does amazing things. Bill Hybels said this. He said, as Christ was the world's hope, so is the church the world's hope. And she must take up the responsibility as if there were no other. This morning, if you um, haven't signed up for a small group yet, if you haven't signed up to come to this banquet, which is just, just a few weeks away now, can I encourage you to do that? Don't say, I can't afford $60 for a banquet ticket. It's not a, it's not a banquet ticket. It's a donation. And the, the meal is thrown in there just to make it a fun evening. You're donating, making it possible for us to do what Cross Church has made a commitment to do. You see, we're, we're family here. And what Dennis is doing in Burundi, he's not doing it alone anymore. Because for so long, it was all on his shoulders. I, as a pastor, made a commitment to him. We, as a church board, made a commitment to him. We, as a church family, made a commitment to Dennis. We're going to do what we can to help him see that dream fulfilled. You're not a member yet? Why don't you sign up today and say, I want to become a member. Take the next class. Become part of the team that I know that I can depend on. Would you stand with me, please? Father, I want to say thank you for this church. I don't think it's self-serving to say it's an amazing church. But I will say it is a glorious church and will be without spot or wrinkle because of what you've done for this church. God, I pray today that you would help us to fall in love with this church and with its people. God, if any of us have been here for any length of time, we're all too aware of each other's weaknesses and failings and struggles. But what makes it so glorious is that we love each other in spite of these things. And we embrace each other and we're devoted to each other. God, help us, I pray, to understand that you are not finished with us yet. You're still building us still transforming, it's still knocking on the There's lots of room here for that to happen. Without judgment, without condemnation, there's lots of room here for people to grow and learn. God, I pray that in the process of, of becoming part of the family, in the process of having the rough edges knocked off, God, I pray that you would use us in this world. Lord, for those who have not yet signed up to become a member, may this be the day where they sign up for membership. Those, God, who have not entered a small group yet, may this be the day where they'd sign up to be part of a small group. For those, God, who have not yet bought a ticket for the banquet, may they recognize that it's not a meal that they're buying. They're making a donation to make it possible for us to establish the village of hope in Burundi. God, thank you for this church. And thank you for what it stands for. Thank you for what it's accomplished. And so we pray now that you go with us as we go from this place. 
And we thank you for the family of God. And everyone said it with me? Tell that person besides, I'm glad you're in the family.